0: Now, happy Father's Day. <laughs> Come on now. The, I, I know that look and the pride of that dad's eyes when he takes the glasses off. Yes. That's just a moment when everybody's fighting for a little bit of air. That's just such an awesome moment. Uh, we're kicking off a new series today uh, called um, The Big Picture. Where, where's our other puzzle at, Ben? Um, I need to make sure we... We've got that. Because um, wh- anybody good at putting together puzzles? Anybody good at jigsaw puzzles? Where are you at? Where are you at? Raise your hand. Where's you where- Perfect. Why, why don't we get this, uh, this uh, newly found out that they're having a baby boy couple to come on up and help us. Um, here's what I'm going to do, uh, Leo. I'm going to give y'all the choice of which puzzle y'all would like to attempt to put together. You've got the big Ben. Hey, listen. Hey, did I do this to you when you preached last week? All right. So this is the one they have chosen. It don't matter. You're you're good. You're good. Just you're not going to get that far in it anyway. Uh, I, I do bet. I bet I like I like your enthusiasm, Leo. Uh. While while they're working on that, um, I, I came across some Father's Day text that I enjoyed. Yeah, listen, you're pregnant. I'll give you a seat. Come on. There you go, Leo. Took your seat. I looked, he's getting a bad start to this Father's Day thing, man. Um, I looked up some texts, some of my favorite texts that kids sent to their dads. Here, here are my top six. Happy Father's Day. Without me, this day wouldn't be possible. Come on. Uh, please accept this Father's Day text as a token of my poverty. Uh, I hope this. I love this one. I hope this Father's Day is as fun as before you had kids. <laughs> uh, some of you may have said this. When I think that being your child is enough of a gift. Happy Father's Day. <laughs> here's probably my favorite. Uh, happy Father's Day from your least disappointing child. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and here's a good one. I smile because you're my father. I laugh. Because there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> Being father is tough. Come on, can we admit that? Jim, Jim Gaffigan said this. He said, there should be a children's song that says, if you're happy and you know it, keep it down and let daddy sleep. <laughs> Come on. Eight years ago, Ben mentioned it a while ago. Man, they are fiercely working. I see the strategies, though. I love it. Uh, the first crowd, there was no strategy. It was just chaos. Um, eight years ago, uh, on Father's Day uh, 2012, I preached my first uh, message as the senior pastor of this church. Uh, my mom and dad started this church over 37 years ago. Um, and I'll say this. I, had, I know there's people that cannot say this, but I'll just say I had a great upbringing. I had an incredible dad. And I think the reason he was great at being a dad was he loved being a dad. I mean, he did. He he co- he would work his tail off all day. Then coach our teams in t-ball and different sports growing up. If we play, listen. My, I played football, my brother played in a band, it didn't matter if it was a band or a football game, he was there, he, he loved being a dad, he would take us out, uh, we we got, I remember one Christmas, we all got dirt bikes, it snowed and the roads were fro- frozen over, but we taught dad, hey, let's let us go ride anyway, and I, he said, okay boys, let's go. So we would ride two foot, pick ourselves up, ride another two foot, pick ourselves up, and That went on for about two hours, and Dad was with us the whole time. He loved being a dad, and and I'll just tell you, I love being a dad. I I, I do. I love being a dad to April, to Kennedy, to Sheridan, to Zion. I I love doing things with my kids, playing with my kids. Um, In fact, Friday night, Zion came up from Birmingham. Uh, Sheridan and uh, uh, Bo were there, and then Kennedy and Tyler came up. a- and we cooked out, had a great time. We played this board game that Sheridan hated because she was not that good at it. No, 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 no. It's my message. Hey, <laughs> people, we got to make some requirements for membership here. But I I did, I love being a dad. I love scaring my children. Anybody else? Heck, I love scaring your children. Uh, But (laughs) let's be honest. They'll know. In fact, my nieces, Kaylee and Chloe, now they are terrified. So every time they come in the door to clean, they're like, (laughs) is pastor behind this door getting ready to jump out and scream at us? I enjoy being a dad, doing doing stuff with my kids. But but let's be honest, fatherhood, being a dad is not always fun. Can we agree? But let's not leave the moms out. Being a mom is not always fun either. In in fact, uh, being a mom or dad is sometimes like this right here, which this is going to be such an encouraging word for y'all today. Being a mom and dad is a lot like this. You, you get pieces that you don't even know what to do with. But then, did you need to to grab that from my hand? My favorite though, is new parents. You've got those that want to tell you where the pieces of fatherhood and motherhood should go, because that's the way they did it. And that's the what come on, anybody relate? You' are lying. You're lying. I know Sher- My, Sheridan and Denise go through this. Well, this is what this is what it says. It, the, the latest statistics say this. Well, Sheridan, I don't think we did such a bad job at raising you. So, But this is what this says. So, so then you get that going. Come on, anybody relate. If you can't, you will. Uh, you, you've got all these different pieces. And, and so then you've got different people, which I noticed Caitlin's strategy, getting all the certain colors together. Anybody else do that? You put all... Maybe all the greens together, all the blues, because we're thinking, hey, it's blue. Maybe that's the sky. Anybody get all the colors together? Anybody, right? Come on. Participation, please. All right. How many would say, well, that's just stupid, PK. Everybody knows you start with a border. (laughs) I cannot believe you call those last group of people stupid. And it's so insensitive of you right now. But here's one thing. It doesn't matter where you start. There is one thing you must have if you're going to put this thing together. You got to know what it's supposed to look like, right? You got to know, hey, this this is what it's supposed to look like. But here's the problem in life. We don't get a box top that shows what our life looks like. In fact, it looks more like a, a garage sale puzzle where somebody's put it in a Ziploc bag and figured it out. <laughs> Come on. And that's what we do. And, and, and so we get these puzzle pieces to life and we're trying to put it together and it can be frustrating, right? But then you start, you all gaining a little momentum. But the problem with momentum in life is, is sometimes you hit a little turbulence. <laughs> sometimes you hit a little turbulence. Boy, you, now you, that's why you need a tithe, so we can hire better help. Uh, so. <laughs> you get a little turbulence going on. Very little. Yeah. <laughs> All you're doing is cooling them off, Ben. <laughs> but, but it's tough. so you, you find, okay, there's a little wind, but we can deal with that. We can, we can, so it, but then tragedy strikes. <laughs> and we think we've got a grip on the puzzle. This thing called life, things are going good. Family's healthy. Marriage is good. Kids are not being idiots. Things are good. And then we get a little, no, then, not. Then really bad tragedy hits. And you think it couldn't get any worse. This illustration is entirely taken way too long. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Leo, and thank, thank you. Y'all Thank you, thank, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Leo said we were getting pretty far. But then something, let's be honest, though, that life can be going pretty good. You think you've got the pieces. You think you've got the borders, you've got the, the color separated. But then something hits, and it can be so frustrating because you're like, I'm at square one. Why even bother trying? Come on, can anybody relate? Why even bother trying at this thing called life? So this Father's Day, i want to look at a scripture which will be our scripture throughout this entire series. It is found in 1 Corinthians 13, 12, and i want to read you through for the J.B. Phillips translation. And this is the words of Paul. He says this, Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror, like pieces of a puzzle. It's imperfect. We can't see clearly. But then, say then, yeah. we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now Right now, all I know is things are partial and complete, but then I will know everything completely just as God knows me completely. Paul says, right now, with everything I've been given, it's hard to understand what's going on. It's hard to make sense. It's hard to make sense of what we're going on in right now and how everything's affecting us and what's going on. I can't make sense of it, but there's coming a day that I'll see it with perfect clarity. It's coming a day that I'm going to see it. So, So here's the question then. If he says, now we see things imperfectly, but then we'll see with perfect clarity. Here's the big question if you're taking notes. How do we live in the now while trusting God for the then? How do we live in the right now? This is happening right now in my life. This is what we're going through right now. How do we live in the now while trusting God for the then? When it's going to be clear. How do we live in the now of COVID-19? The now of racial injustice. The now of an economical uh, uh, situation. The now of a marriage on the rocks? How do we live in the now? And still trust God from the then. I mean, so because you're going along with life. And maybe you do get a piece like this that because of the pandemic, your company's going under or the company you work for is going under. It's not doing well. And you look at this piece and you're like, God, this is what I was providing for my family with. What do I do with this? God, this is, this is what I, I, I was planning on making make it a career, a life out of this and now this is what you hand me this, or what I get handed in the now because in the now all I see is I don't have any income. In the now all I see is how am I going to pay the bills? That's what I see in the now. Or maybe you get this piece of the puzzle. You're planning on growing old. Watching your grandkids grow. Watching kids, grandkids get married. Then you're not feeling well and you go to the doctor. The doctor hands you a puzzle piece that says cancer. And you're like, God, what do I do with this? Because all I can see right now is chemo, hospital bills, my family having to watch me go through this. How, what do I do with this? this, God. Or maybe your puzzle piece is this, the marriage is good, and out of nowhere you get blindsided. And, and, and maybe your now is actually a nasty divorce that you're going through. That's your now. And you're like, God, how do, how do I trust you in the now? With, with everything I see, everything I feel, everything that's going on, how do I do that? Or, or, or here's one. Here's a puzzle piece that I know very well. Wife's pregnant. You're excited. You want to have a baby. Can't wait. You're, you're looking for it. But then something goes wrong. Seven months into that pregnancy, baby's born with severe defects, or maybe you didn't even make it that far, and you're like, God, what do I do with this piece of the puzzle, or or maybe your piece of the puzzle looks like this, and I could go on and on, but you didn't plan on raising your child by yourself. Maybe you didn't even plan on getting pregnant that young, but now you are, and the guy that said he loved you, well, now he's off living his own life while you're Raising a baby. And you wonder how. Do I, how do I live in the now while still trusting God for the then? Because all I can see is what's in front of me. And can we be honest? It's not that we don't want to see the then, right? We want to be able to say, oh, I'm trusting God. I'm the, but the, the now that we're living in is screaming at us. And it demands our focus and our attention. So how do we live in those times, and still trust God. If that's where you're at today, you're not alone. Uh, there are people in this room that you're, you're there right now, in the now. It may look different, but you're now. There are people watching online. You're there right now. So if you will, turn with me to Matthew chapter 11. Can I get a bottle of water, please? If you don't have a script Bible, don't worry. I'm going to put it up here on the screen. Um, but we're going to look at a man... Uh, that battles some of those things, living in the now while trusting God for the then. Anybody heard John the Baptist? If you're not familiar with John the Baptist, let me give you just a little bit of his resume. John the Baptist was a man that, that uh, there was prophecy, Old, Old Testament prophecies given about him saying that there would be a, a man that would come on a forerunner that would clear the path for the Messiah. He would be the one that, that, that says make way uh, for the Lord, he's the Messiah, he's coming. That's the John the Baptist we're talking about. Uh, the John, John the Baptist was the one that when he was, uh, wasn't even born inside his mother Elizabeth's womb which Elizabeth was the first cousin of Mary, Jesus' mom. Well, John is inside his mother's womb. Mary comes to pay her cousin a visit. She's pregnant with Jesus. The moment Jesus inside his mom's body enters the room, the Bible says that John turns a flip inside his mom. In other words, John hasn't even breathed one breath, yet he already recognizes the presence of the Messiah. Not even taking one breath. The, the, the resume goes on. We're talking about the John the Baptist that was there. He had disciples, and Jesus comes to him saying, Baptize me. John baptizes Jesus. He sees the, the heavens open up, the dove descend, sin, uh, the voice. Say, hey, this, this is my son who I'm well pleased. That's the John. So if anybody knows who Jesus is, Surely John knows who Jesus is, right? That's where we're going to jump into the Scripture today. Matthew 11, starting with verse 2. So John the Baptist, who was in where? Was in prison, heard about all the things the Messiah was doing. So he sent his disciples to ask Jesus a question. We've already determined, hey, if anybody knows who Jesus is, it should be John. Look at the question. John and his disciples asked Jesus, "Are you the Messiah we've been expecting, or should we keep looking for someone else? Are you serious, John? You're you're the one that that prophesied about him. You're you're the one that that even recognized his presence before you were even born." You're the one that saw the heavens open. You, you baptized him, and you want to say, Are you the Messiah? Are you Jesus? Or should we look somewhere else? What would cause John to even question the validity of who Jesus was? I think it's the same thing that causes us to. He gets a puzzle piece that he doesn't understand in his life. He gets something that he wasn't expected. John got one of the, I I don't understand it. And it's one of those he could not wrap his head around. And so John gets this puzzle piece. And he's like, hold up a minute, God. I've been out preparing the way for your son. I've been out doing your work. This is my reward prison? This is how I get repaid? What's up with this puzzle piece? God, I did all of that for you, and this is the things I get. God, go ask Jesus, is he really the Messiah, or do we need to look somewhere else? Come on, don't we do that. We're going down along with life. Something hits us we weren't expecting. God, what's the deal? Why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to my family? Why is this happening to someone I love? I don't understand it, God. So John's disciples, they go find Jesus. They ask Jesus exactly what John told them to ask him. Hey, are you the Messiah or should we look somewhere else? And I love, look look at Jesus' response to John's question. Jesus told him, go back to John. Tell him what you've heard and what you've seen. The blind see, the lame walk, those with leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised alive, and the good news is being preached to the poor. Come on, that's a great scripture, right? I mean, growing up in a Pentecostal church, if we wanted somebody to shout, we read that. Come on, come on, anybody else? Right, we, we get the, hold oh, the blind see, the deaf hear, dead are raised alive. Or, come on. We get, we get, come on, anybody know the chicken? (laughs) Come on now, don't, you get that one going, buddy. I grew up in it. I grew up in it. You read that scripture, yes, yes. God, the puzzle is coming together. The blind see, bam, bam, there's a puzzle piece. The deaf hear, bam, there's another puzzle piece. The lame are walking, bam, puzzle piece. Leprosy healed, diseases healed, bam, bam, bam. A Good news proclaimed to the poor, bam, God. This is, everything is going so well. Then Jesus adds this piece to the puzzle. Blessed are those who do not fall away. Of need. Jesus, uh, let, let's go back to the um, dead being raised part. I understand that. What does that even mean, blessed uh, are those who don't fall away? Because of, I don't even understand what you're saying, Jesus. Here's what Jesus was saying to John. He said, Go back and tell John this. I am the Messiah you've been waiting for. I am the Messiah when blind eyes are open. I'm the Messiah when deaf people hear. I'm just I'm the Messiah when dead people come back to life. I'm the Messiah when leprosy and disease gets healed. I'm the Messiah when the lame walk. But John, you need to understand this. I'm also still the Messiah when it means you're in a prison cell. I'm still the Messiah. Even when life hands you something you don't understand, that doesn't change the fact I am still the Messiah. Don't fall away because of me. If you're taking notes, I want to give you three short things that we need. If we're going to live in the now and still trust God for the end, we've got to understand these things. And the first one is this. God's sovereignty does not depend upon your circumstance. doesn't. It doesn't. His sovereignty isn't measured by whether things work out the way you thought they should or not. His sovereignty doesn't depend on the puzzle pieces you get handed in life. I said this a few weeks ago. Hey, life is not fair. Period. Period. it's just not, life is not fair. There are going to be times when you, whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, there are going to be times in life when you get handed pieces to your life, puzzle pieces that you don't understand, much less won't. It's just a matter of life. Jesus sent this message back to John. John, I know you've got some things you don't understand. I know you've got some questions, but I need you to trust me, not your circumstance. I know you're hurt. I know you're confused. I know, I know, John, you may even feel abandoned right now. And this, this doesn't need, make sense, but I need you to just trust in me. See, see there's, that's where some of you are today. You, you don't understand something that you're, you, you've been dealt, a puzzle piece you've been handed. You're hurt frustrated, angry. but I want you to hear God saying to you, I know that you don't understand right now. I get it. But I need you to know this, and trust me that I am doing something amazing in your life. That even though right now it looks like tragedy, even though right now it looks like puzzle pieces scattered all over the place, when you are able to finally see the big picture, you're going to be amazed at what I've done in your life telling you guys, God's sovereignty does not uh, depend upon our circumstance. See, our, our enemy our enemy plays very close attention to our struggles and our weaknesses. He does. He, he's not foolish. He leans in. And I think when we get handed one of these puzzle pieces, when life falls apart, I think the enemy will lean in and whisper two or three different three things to us. He'll say, "Oh, if God! One of the things—if God really loves you, look, look at their life. Things are going good over there. He must love them more than you." Or he'll say, "This—you must have really screwed up bad to have this happen to you in your life." And the enemy will whisper that in your ear. What have you done? And then here's what he, he loves to turn it because when you then do begin to doubt him. Then he comes whispering, how could you ever doubt? How could you not believe? Don't you remember what and here you oh, no there's no wonder God allowed this to happen to you. You don't even believe in him. And I know there are some of you that have had those conversations with the enemy because I've had those conversations with the enemy. I've had them, and this is so powerful that uh, uh, what Jesus after after John asked. Jesus, hey, are you really the, the Messiah? Or do we need to look for some someone else? I love Jesus' response. He tells, he doesn't say, Are, are you serious, John? After all you've seen, are you serious? John Jesus says, Hey, go back and, and give John this report. Yes, I am the one you're waiting for. The blind. See, he goes through all that. And then when they leave to give the message to John. Jesus turns around to the people that have just watched this go down and look what he says to them. I tell you the truth, of all who have never lived, none is greater than John the Baptist. Wait, hold on, God. You're talking about the one that just questioned you. You're talking about the one that said, hey, are you really who you say you are? Yeah. Yeah. Because here's what you need to understand. Whether you grew up this, like this or not, you need to understand this. God's shoulders are big enough to handle your questions. See, we were, I, the way I grew up, and you don't question God. You don't, no, no, God is big enough to handle your questions. Some of the best advice I got when we lost our son Gunner. what was this? Uh, a pastor said, Kelly, here's what you need to do. He said, you need to go out in the woods by yourself. And you just need to have a shouting match with God. Why? God already knows what I'm thinking. And sometimes you need to say, God, I don't like what's happening. I hate what's happening. I don't believe this is fair. And don't think for a minute God's going to say, really? I believe God's going to say, I know you don't. Go ahead and let it out. Let it out. I can take it. I can take your questions. To take your shouting I've got big shoulders go ahead and let it out and he turns Jesus says I tell you the truth there's not one person that has ever lived that is greater than John the Baptist and in the middle of John's questioning and doubting Jesus affirms who John is listen some of you are walking through some stuff I'm telling you, if you will trust God in your now, what's going on right now, there's going to come a time when when Jesus is going to come on, and he's going to begin to affirm who you are in him. Hang on. You're my child. Hang on. You're adopted. Hang on. Come on. You're mine. Hang on. No weapon formed against you is going to prosper. Hang on. And he begins to affirm who we are in him. God's big enough to handle it. Second thing we need to understand is this. Even in our doubts today, we've got to trust in his tomorrows. When life throws you a puzzle piece that doesn't make sense, when your now, your today looks bad, it seems like there's no hope, that's when we've got to lean in and trust in his tomorrows. Jeremiah twenty nine, eleven, it's one of those T-shirt, bumper sticker, sticker, tattoo Bible verses. It gets put on everything. But I think we've made it so common that we don't really understand what he says when he says this, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. I know, no matter what it looks like, I know what the box top looks like. I In fact, I created what's on the box top. I'm the creator of it. I know the plans I have for you. Plans for good, not for disaster. Plans to give you a future and a hope. Because we've got to lean into that. I, said, I know the plans. Even though your now looks like a mess. Trust me. Trust me. Because I know the plans. Even in your doubts today, trust in my tomorrows. And third one, if I can get Bob to come up with this. We've got to realize this. Our faith is in God, not in the outcome we want. Not in the outcome we want. One of the hardest times of the year, when it comes to me missing my dad, I missed that on Father's Day, but the hardest time of the year for me is college football season. I am a Tennessee Vols fan through and through because my dad Raise me in the way that he should go, and in the end, I will not depart from it. And we're praying for the sinners that are the Alabama fans, Florida fans, and Georgia fans. And listen, we love everybody. We love. everyone no, I kid. I am a Tennessee fan, and I am not. My wife, I am not a fair weather fan. I'm not only a fan when they're winning, cause. I, if I were, I would not have been a fan the past three, four, or five, six years. I'm a fan, and so when college football, it, it, I'm always reminded of every every time, ever ever Saturday game or bowl game. Me and my dad sitting and watching, and if we weren't together, we were on the phone when something would happen. Can you believe that? Can you believe that call that was just made? Or can you believe Fulmer did that? Come back. I would go back to Johnny Majors, but then I would be really old. Uh, but I miss him. I miss him. And when my, I, I remember uh, coming out of the gym down in the Atlanta area and a message from my dad. And dad he said, son, call me when you get this message. I remember calling him. And I remember him saying, hey, son, Scott uh, Scott, done with the doctor. I've got cancer. And they said, it's not good. And my faith rose in that moment. Dad, I'm not not believing that. You're going to be healed. You're going to be healed. I'm not not accepting it. And man, I had faith. I'm talking uh, even up to the end, man. God's going to raise my dad up. This church believed God's going to raise my dad up. But I'm going to tell you the outcome I wanted did not happen. What do you do? Well, I'll be honest, I was angry. I was hurt. I was frustrated. And I had to come to a place in my faith walk, my walk with God, where I had to make this decision. Is my faith in God or in the outcome that I want? Because if it solely lies in the outcome, I am going to be a miserable person. Is my faith only if God... In God, if things turned out the way I wanted them to, or would I still have faith in God even if the worst happened? Because a lot of times in our finite minds, what we think is if things turn out the way I want them to, if they're healed or if this marriage is healed or, or whatever, then things will be okay. But more than not, things don't turn out the way we want them to are we okay with that? I'm not saying happy about it, man, because I, even today, I don't like the fact that my dad's gone. Not one bit. I mean, thank, you know, praise God. He, he's in heaven rejoicing and all that. But I, I miss my dad like crazy. Uh, this morning, I got it for some reason. I, told him, I said, for some reason, man, today is just more than ever I miss him. I still have days in football season where I want to go pick up the phone and say, did you, can you, and then I like, oh yeah, oh yeah, not going to happen. See, I don't understand why God decided my dad's time was up. I don't understand why God decided my mom's time was up. don't understand it, and I don't like it. Is that honest enough? But this is what I do understand. God is faithful. God is good. And I understand that even when I get hit with things I don't like, things I wish didn't happen to me or my family, I do know this, that I serve a God who has something bigger in mind, that I serve a God whose ways are higher than mine, whose mind thinks higher than mine, who knows things that I don't. And that God, amen. And I know this. That God has the ability to take this mess of a puzzle and make something beautiful out of it, even when I'm scrambling around. You know, a lot of times I, I think sometimes we we take pieces of other people's lives or past life, or in our past, and then we bring them into us with a Christian, and then we don't understand why those pieces aren't fitting. That's not you anymore. It doesn't fit. It's not who you are anymore. So it's not going to fit. And it's, see, I I don't have all the answers because I know the tragedies that have come in this room. I uh, me, and, me and my wife, man, we lost a son. We lost two dad, uh, my dad, her dad, within three months of each other. Lost my. Mom, I mean, we we know tragedy. I look back and at the first Aaron who sung up here, preached their baby's funeral. I know tragedy. I've walked men and have walked couples, walked women, men both through through terrible divorces. We've walked through, we we've walked people through 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 hurtful times, and has walked several ladies through the class healing for damaged emotions. Of women that have went through terrible things in their life. So I don't have all the answers. But what I do know is this. God holds the box top. And God is good. And God is faithful. And even when things don't look good, I know I can trust Him completely. Stand with me across this room. Why? Because now we see things imperfectly. Now we don't understand things. Now all we see is the hurt, the fear, the chaos. They're like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But the day's coming when we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely in this last part. Just as God knows me completely I, here's the thing we, we think we know what the, our lives should look like but the truth we don't even know ourselves as completely as God knows us but the day's coming when I will know completely as God knows me completely I think it comes from leaning in even if we don't understand and saying God you know what Here's my picture, but I, I want your masterpiece for my life. Because I can't see the big picture. I don't have the 30,000 flyover view. All I can see is right here. And right here is scary. Right here is hurtful. Right here here is broken me. But God, I know and I trust you. has me. You're good, you're of his grace. And I'm broken inside. I give you my life. Look at me real quick, church, before we go on this. It's okay to have doubt. it's okay. We've got to get to a point that God. I, I have some serious doubts, and I need you to help me. It's like the person like that came to Jesus, I, I believe, help my unbelief. Help me in the areas where I don't have the faith. Give me more faith, God, because I'm struggling. I'm struggling trying to figure out how I'm going to provide for my family. I'm struggling with how I'm going to tell my kids that, that I've been hit with this. I'm struggling with telling my kids that me and their their dad, me and their mom are, are, are calling it quits. I'm struggling with, with with my identity. I don't know who I am. I'm struggling. God, give me faith to trust in your ways. To trust that you are good. Your love is great.